You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. Let's dive right on in. It's Monday night. We're doing a raw review. Um, just some housekeeping. I know I missed Friday's episode of SmackDown review. I did watch SmackDown. I was not at home when I watched it. Did not have time to record an episode every now and then you're just not going to get an episode just assume that you know you know my schedule sometimes just doesn't work around recording um so was no episode there um and so we're we're not going to go back and talk about it at all um we'll uh we'll just uh keep moving on we're going to do the raw review um, this was a little bit better than last week. Um, if you remember my Monday episode last week, I literally only spent, what, 14, 15 minutes on an episode. That Raw was just incredibly bland coming out of um, <clears throat> Royal Rumble for me. Um, <clears throat> and... Especially, you're coming out of Rumble. You have three weeks to build Elimination Chamber. I just felt last week's episode was completely bland and for both of those <coughs> criteria of out of Rumble. You have to rush into the build for Elimination Chamber because you have three weeks to build it. And I thought they did a very bad job last week. This week was a, a, a better episode. Not necessarily the best, um, but it is better than the week before. Um, a few things happen. We're not going to go through every match or every segment. A few things happen. We figure out the who we figure out the last two people in the men's elimination chamber match for, um, at elimination chamber for the United States championship with Damian priest and Montez Ford joining priest, defeating, Angelo Dawkins, Montez beating Elias. Um, and so this is an interesting situation with both members of the Street Profits doing a singles match. Are they splitting the single? Uh, are they splitting the Street Profits? And is Montez Ford about to get like skyrocketed to the moon? I all for it. I think. I think you could have. I just don't see them turning Montez heel. I see Angelo being the sort of jealous guy who turns on Montez. And and I could honestly see some Angelo Dawkins join um <clears throat> into Hurt Business. 
Like, right into Hurt Business. Have them join Shelton. Have them join Cedric, who both were on the show uh, today. They got a win in their match. Don't actually remember who they fought, to be honest with you. I think it was Alpha Academy. But anyway, the point being, like, I could see Angelo Dawkins sort of going straight into Hurt Business. Um, I don't think Angelo Dawkins is ready for a singles run. I just don't think that he... I'm just going to be completely honest. Knowing what I know about Angelo Dawkins, he's been in NXT. He was in NXT for like 10 years. He's been in WWE since literally like 2015. Like, I'm not even lying. Uh, He struggled as a singles competitor. I believe Montez Ford is what sort of made this better, the Street Profits gimmick. And I think Montez Ford deserves a singles run. And he's going to fucking be skyrocketed. He, the rocket on his back. He's going to... I, I think he, he has the ability to, one, be a world champion one day. But two, um, be a legitimate star um, for the year 2023. I think he is potentially... Going to be the breakout star of the year, in my honest opinion. Um, so outside of that, uh, with Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, is this going to set up the seed of them leave uh, of them separating? Um, that that'll be interesting to pay attention to. Um, nothing really got done outside of both of them just wrestling alone, but could this set up something where like Angelo gets jealous that Montez gets the U.S. title match, right? And and we could set up something there. I'm always trying to look for how we're expanding the storyline, right? Um, another thing that I enjoyed is Chelsea Green and the... Um, Karen-type character um, that she's playing. Fantastic. She's going to fit this role so well. Um, I'm all here for her doing that. Um, I think for her, this isn't necessarily about wins and losses and and championships. I think think Chelsea Green just got offered some money. Maybe recognize, like, she got an offer and she accepted it. I think that's what that really is. Um, this gimmick isn't going to, it's going to be more of a comedy gimmick. I can see, all right, that's how I would book it. Have her lose some matches like she did against Asuka. Um, yeah. And then we get Carmella, um, winning the fatal four way to determine, um, I think it's the last person in, in the women's elimination chamber match. Y'all realize Elimination Chamber is literally a week from Sunday. Like, we get Royal Rumble, we get a week off, we get the Super Bowl, and then we get Elimination Chamber. Um, And really, it's if you're a wrestling fan and a football fan, like, you get Royal Rumble, NXT Vengeance Day, which I'm going to mention a little bit tomorrow as we do the uh, review show. I'll, I'll review that tomorrow and then review NXT as well. The episode from tomorrow. Um, 
But you, so you get Royal Rumble, then you get Vengeance Day, then you get the Super Bowl, then you get Elimination Chamber. And if you're a bigger wrestling fan who isn't maybe maybe you're a little bit more hardcore, you have New Japan's show that uh, Mercedes Monet is going to be at in San Jose um, on the 18th as well. I mean. We've we've had about a month here of just straight book of straight busyness, um, and and for me, um, of you know you watch Royal Rumble, you watch Vengeance Day, you get a break with the Super Bowl, nothing big in wrestling happening, and then you get Elimination Chamber. So like I, this is a quick booking, right? It's the complete opposite of what Triple H had to do with Royal Rumble, where he had nine weeks of time to have to book Royal Rumble. Um, Triple H only needed three weeks of TV to book him from Royal Rumble ending to the start of Elimination Chamber. You book three weeks of TV. Personally, for me, I'd rather have the nine weeks. I, I'm a I'm a big proponent for WWE going to one pay-per-view, premiere live event, whatever you want to call it. One of those per quarter um, I would have Rumble, I would have Mania, I would have SummerSlam, I would have Survivor Series, and then I would do one Saudi show a year and one European show, whether it's in the UK, whether it's in Scotland, Wales, maybe Germany, one like one Europe show uh, premiere live event on Peacock a year. I would have six premiere live events um, a year versus you know, 15, 16, like they normally do, or 12, right? Um, It spreads that allows for longer form stories that don't necessarily need, like, I'm not a big fan of the idea that you need a trilogy. Like, I don't think you need uh, a Mania match, a Backlash match, and a Money in the Bank match. I don't think you need to have three matches in your trilogy. I think if 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 you're gonna have a match at WrestleMania, right? Set the match up after Royal Rumble, the week after Royal Rumble, to set the feud up. Have the match at Mania, and in the three months in between, tell me the story, give me the motivations, give me all the rising action, the match being the climax, and then the week following, you know, get me a new story, right? Um, that's how I would book wrestling if it was me booking, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, so we have uh, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green's great in that character. We have Carmella win, gets to the Elimination Chamber. Um, Chelsea Green loses to Asuka. Trying to recollect everything that that happened here. It appears that JBL's gone. No longer with Baron Corbin. At this point, like, what is Baron Corbin there for right now? Right? Like, um, and then we have the final two segments that, that I want to talk about. So the first one is Cody Rhodes come out. He starts this promo. He gets interrupted. Or, or he starts this promo essentially stating, you know, I came out last week and assumed I was fighting Roman Reigns. Uh, 
but on Friday, he offered a match to Sami Zayn, so I could be fighting Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, um, which he gets interrupted by Paul Heyman. They get a little personal. Cody's like, Cody basically thanks Paul Heyman for ECW giving his dad a job and, and all of that, and, and Paul Heyman takes it a little bit more personal where... You know, your dad told me right here in our last conversation. Well, before that part, he he says, you know, Dusty Rhodes built Seth Rollins. Dusty Rhodes built Bailey and Becky Lynch. Oh, but also he built Roman Reigns. He, right? Um, but you know who he didn't build? He didn't prep and develop you, Cody. Right? And that was the sort of the, the right that lays the foundation of the match. Right? That that. And then it gets a little bit more personal with how right before the mic drop, right? What was the mic drop moment? Your dad told me you were his favorite son. But Cody, he said that Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. And in that promo, in that singular promo, you built more interest in that match than any other match of the night. I don't care what you think. There is not a single match on the WrestleMania card at this current moment that has more intrigue to it, more interest in the match itself than Roman Reigns and Cody. And as much as people want to see Cody versus Sami Zayn, the direction of this of this promo Leads it to, to, to believe, a, excuse me, um, leads me to believe 112%. As much as you can believe in something, that we're getting Roman versus Cody. Now, how we get, how that match ends, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out at WrestleMania. But we're, I want to see Cody Rhodes versus Paul Heyman in a promo, right? You don't necessarily need. Roman Reigns there every single week to build this feud. Have Paul Heyman go out there. Have Paul Heyman give a promo every week or two to uh, about Cody and, and and make it as personal as possible. Because here's what here's should be the goal. Roman should be the biggest heel he's ever been. And Cody should be the biggest babyface potentially the company has ever seen. Right? We need Cody to be the biggest babyface ever seen in the industry in a while. Right? That that's how you build this story. Because whether Cody wins or not, and I'm not convinced that the, the answer to this dilemma that they've got themselves in with having Cody and Sammy sort of intrigued in this middle of who's going to beat Roman. I'm not certain that the answer is have Roman fight two matches. I don't think that that's the answer. I think the answer how I would book it would be have Roman beat Sammy at Chamber. Have Roman beat Cody at Mania have um, but have Cody technically take the W 
with Seth Rollins interrupting. I'm I personally am of of that being the path that they should take is having Seth Rollins interrupt that match. Um costing Cody the title. Have them have one final match. Have Sami Zayn win money in the bank. Have Sami Zayn be the one that officially beats Roman Reigns via cash-in. But Sami Zayn's cash-in isn't a typical cash-in. It's a, you know, you have him lose chamber, and you basically have Roman say, you don't get another chance, get to the back of the line. So Sami Zayn wins the the, the money in the bank and says, Roman, I don't need another chance. But at SummerSlam, I'll, I, I'm challenging you. I'm cashing in. I'm giving you four notice. I'll see you at SummerSlam. Right? And that is when I would pull the trigger, have Sami Zayn win the match, and then have maybe Cody be the, either the first feud with Sami Zayn. I, I can see Triple H pulling a heel versus or excuse me, a face versus face story where Cody's whole thing is, look, Sammy, I respect you, but I'm doing this for my dad, right? I think Cody's really the only person on the roster right now who doesn't need to be a face or a heel to to get the story over because his motivation is, I just want the title to prove it to myself, to prove it to my family, and to please my dad. Right, that's his whole story, and you don't need him to be a good guy or a bad guy to get that across. Right, he can play either part, um, and he doesn't have to be the good guy who has to face the bad guy. Right, he could face whoever has the title because his motivation is I just want the title. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about in this episode is the main event. Main event cage match, Bailey versus Becky Lynch. Solid match. I thought it was a solid cage match. They didn't do too much. My big my fear and the thing that irritates me the most when women get in these gimmick matches is they try to do too much to try to be like the guys. Right? And so they do moves that either they're not trained to do or maybe maybe are a little bit too dangerous. There are moves that men do that I don't even think men should be doing, right? Jumping off a 20-foot cage isn't something a normal human being should be doing, much less a, a, a one of female stature, right? So they didn't do too much. We got a good match. Becky won like, like should have been needed. Lita comes out um, to interfere. Um... I'm a little disappointed with that. I felt that this could have been a, a good way to introduce toxic attraction to the main roster, as well as make it make sense as to why Bailey is coming to NXT tomorrow. Right? Have toxic attraction come out um, and help Becky win. You could set up like a feud between Toxic Attraction and Damage Control, and eventually, 
you know, set something up like that. Potentially, that match could happen at WrestleMania uh, or something of that fact. I just think Toxic Attraction needs to be on the main roster. They're, they're not needed in NXT at the moment. Um, there really is no reason for them to be down there. Um, but this match was... And so the final thing I'll say about this, and we'll end it with my rant, is... Y'all remember Raw 30 at the end of the show, right? Everyone was bitching and complaining and moaning and groaning for a week. I mean, even into this week, I've even seen talks about, oh, WWE doesn't care about their women. Why did they cancel the the steel cage? Can y'all not let story play? Like, how many times have I been told in the Bray Wyatt situation, let the story play out? Well, take your own advice, IWC. How many of you bitched and moaned and complained about them getting the steel cage match canceled, knowing that two segments before that match on Raw 30 went long, and so that match would have if you if that match would have happened, right? Let's say you cut Bianca versus Sonya, right? That could have been cut, sure. I I don't agree that that should have been the match cut. I agree with the way they did it. But let's say they did cut Sonya Deville versus Bianca in the whole Charlotte Flair segment, right? Let's say they cut that. That saves you, what, five minutes? So what, you get a five-minute steel cage match, right? Versus, you know, in the middle of the card where people would not remember nor care about? Or would you rather have the main event in a... in and a show that is completely centered around this match, right? Raw 30 was all about the 30th anniversary of Raw. It was all about the, the legends that were there. It was more also about the the tribal court of Sa- the trial of Sami Zayn was the most notable uh, segment of that episode. And And would you rather be sort of, second fiddle to the best thing that the wrestling industry has seen in the last decade? Or would you rather have an entire episode wrapped up in an ending on the note of, we got a banger of a match, right? And this this was my point two weeks ago. Why are we complaining? We, this, they, at least they gave, like, now I can understand complaining if they just completely scrapped the match and they didn't give us a reason, and they didn't, you know, give us an angle. Like, if they just pulled it off the card and never had, you know, the 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 Bailey and Becky walk into the ring and then ba- Becky get attacked, if they didn't give us that angle, then sure, I understand being upset then. But we had them come down to the, the ring. They gave us an angle which allowed the match to be moved essentially any time they wanted to do the match. And we then get the match as a main event match overall. And and on an episode where there was nothing else that outshined it, maybe the Cody versus uh, Paul Heyman thing got a little bit better. But at the same time, th- that was a promo. There wasn't, like, there wasn't a huge segment like 
the tribal court or DX or all this, all the legends to sort of overshadow the match like there would have been on Raw 30. So what WWE essentially did was give you more, sh- more shine, more spotlight. And this just tells me y'all bitch for no fucking reason. It, it, and this is why I'm annoyed with the IWC. Because every time something like this happens, it's just a bunch of complaining. It's just a bunch of, we're mistreated, WWE doesn't care about women. That's the biggest thing from the truth. Do they, uh, right, but, but the fact of the matter of the wrestling business and WWE in and of itself is that there's, the, the roster is 55, 60, 65% made up of men there's, what, 16 men's titles between Raw, NXT, and and SmackDown and, like, seven women's titles, right? So you have to have more men's storylines. You have to have more men-involved time on the episode. And when you only have three hours and you're trying to also do give legends and you're trying to do the tribal court, which isn't something, like, Roman doesn't show up on Raw all that often. So you give Roman Reigns his time to get that segment over because that's the more important segment, right? And so they give us an angle, which I said they should, they did a perfect job doing that and that they could literally move the match whenever they wanted to have it. And guess what? We ended up having a match, the same match that y'all were complaining got cut and it was better than what it would have been if it was in that spot. It had some time to breathe. You had enough time to do things that mattered. You got a very good match out of it. And a lot of you were probably cheering it. Because a lot of y'all don't understand it. Y'all are a bunch of fucking hypocrites. Right? So, at what point do we stop trying to play the victim and just let entertainment play out as entertainment? Right, so many people want to be triggered by a TV show. Right? So many people want to be able to play that that victim card. I'm oppressed because my TV show didn't show what I wanted to see. And you know, it's a TV show at the end of the day. Just watch it, shut your mouth. And I'm I can even talk to myself whenever I complain, come to me and say, "Bro, shut the fuck up." Right? And I, what I'm what I'm complaining here is the fan reaction to a television show, right? Why, like, the, the same people who two weeks ago were hating WWE for cutting this match were probably watching tonight and praising the match when y'all were just shitting on WWE two weeks ago. And that's the kind of double standard that I don't think is is needed in, in, in the fan base because it, we all, the fan base is made up of hypocrites, who critique and critique and critique and they're never happy and then they get what they want and they're never happy and it's not good enough and 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 y'all just just watch the show just watch the show enjoy it for what it is it is a drama it's a story it's not a real sport it's right just enjoy it for what it is it's television watch it enjoy it if you have some issues, sure, let's let's talk about it. But at the end of the day, so many people got so upset 
over the fact that the steel cage match got cut at Raw 30, only for them to literally the week after it announce, hey, we're having this in Orlando because we're having a story and we're telling a story, right? And so many people got so upset at it and are probably cheering tonight, right? I'm just not a big fan of double standards and hypocrites. But other than that, this was like a B-minus episode of Raw. Cody Rhodes-Paul Heyman segment in the steel cage match definitely saved it. I think Montez Ford put on a very good showing. There was a point where he like ran from one corner diagonally to the other post, jumped over the post outside onto Elias, and it was was a really cool-looking athletic uh, spot. And it was cool, right? Montez doesn't get the, the shine that I think he should for what he's done for Street Profits. He's the best part of Street Profits. And I think he's going to have a hell of a singles run here in the in in the near future by the end of the year. Um but yeah, that's that's my raw review, much longer than than last week's episode. So tomorrow Tuesday we're going to cover you know uh NXT will review NXT from tomorrow's episode. But before that, we'll also go over some of what I thought about Vengeance Day with me being in the crowd live and how I felt about the show. Um, Wednesday is a special segment we're going to do. I have, don't really have a special name for it yet, but essentially I'm going to play director of talent relations, essentially, with the job of here's the roster. Who are you keeping? Who are you cutting? And I've already made the list. I've already cut. I've I've essentially already made the cuts, and I cut probably twenty to thirty percent of the roster. Um, there's some surprise cuts, some surprise keeps. That's Wednesday's episode. Definitely tune in for that. Uh, Thursday we're off, and then again Friday we'll actually cover SmackDown for you guys. Um, uh, we got a big match SmackDown with the Usos. Uh, is Jay going to show up to defend the title against Braun and Ricochet? We'll find out on Friday. But, you know, for this episode of Raw, was a solid episode. Um, still not like A+, plus, A-, A-. minus. It's, it's, a, it's a B-. minus. It's not, you know, excellent. There's still work that could be done. I think, um, I think there was a lot of... There's a lot of just wasted time in a lot of these these matches. Um, but, I mean, this was definitely a very good, entertaining show. Um, so I, I was happy with what we, what we got tonight. Um, with that being said, this has been another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name's Randall Beatley. I will see you guys tomorrow for the NXT review. Um, and until then, just have a great night. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode.